I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. In every episode, we start with the Week in Review, what movies and TV shows we've been watching since the last episode move on to a main event which is usually a main topic of discussion or main review, and then finish up with Film Phase, which is our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic, often marching backwards through time. But not this time. This This time, you get something special. That's right. This is a bonus episode. In this episode, all we'll be doing is reviewing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the last chapter of the Skywalker saga and so let's get into it it's an instinct feeling the force brought us together Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now... Coming together. Is your undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. of a Jedi. Your destiny. And that was from the trailer to Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. The IMDb description is, The surviving resistance faces the First Order once more in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. So what we do in every episode where we are reviewing a, a film is we like to focus first on the good, what we liked about a movie. What worked for us, all general thoughts, then we move on to the bad. What didn't work for us? What were flaws? What sucked about a movie? Again, general thoughts before we move into, and we assess at that point whether or not the good outweighed the bad. Then we move into spoilers and final thoughts where we are able to get into more nitty gritty and discussion about a film. So I imagine, Shanna, that will be probably the bulk of our conversation is in the spoiler talk yeah oh yes all right so let's first start out with general thoughts actually let's let's start out first with what our viewing experience was like it's always interesting sometimes for these kinds of event movies to talk about what the what was the experience like we both went this morning thanks to you you got us tickets in advance uh, we will be watching it a second time on Christmas Day, yeah? If not sooner. Thanks to you. I'd like to watch it every day, quite frankly. <laughs> and so we had a, like an 1110 screening this morning. And what happened, Shanna, when our screening first started? 
Well, good golly. We got a lot of adverts. There was a lot of advertising. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we didn't see the M&Ms. Oh, for once. Yeah, So that's true. that was kind of cool. I appreciate that. That's true. But then when the movie trailers started, the sound went away. And to this point, we had not seen the Wonder Woman 2 trailer. You and I had not. Yeah. And yep. so when we saw that come on, that's when I got up very quickly. It was the first trailer that came second, on. Second. Because oh. at first they showed the spy movie, The Scars. Well, but that was not a trailer of it. That was a promo but of it, the But what I'm theater. saying is it's like that's where it started. Yeah, yeah. So it was the second part that didn't have volume. Yes, Yes, we, we we got graced with volume, perfect volume for three or four commercials. But once the uh, promo for Spies in Disguise and Regal Cinema started, that's when everything went south and Wonder Woman 1984 came on as the first trailer. And I decided that that was not going to happen. <laughs> and another person... Unacceptable. Yeah, so I was like, nope. I got up, I walked away, another person was on their way already, so pissed that he didn't even relate with me about how pissed he was, which I always, you know, think is like, that's a sign that somebody, somebody is really pissed, you know, if they're not even Mm -hmm. willing to talk about it in a nice way. And what happened out there? Well... (laughs) He went off at the poor person working at the, t- the ticket booth. Was it the person who checked us in? Yes. Oh, And shame. then, you know, she doesn't know anything. You can tell she's just started. And I said, look, it would be really nice if we could watch the Wonder Woman trailer with volume. So please have them start that trailer again. Mm-hmm. And so they did, which was good. It took a, a couple minutes because there was already like another half of a trailer that passed by before it suddenly got cut off and everything was restarted back to this lovely spies in disguise promo with regal unlimited by this time a person behind me is already pissy i think i didn't look back but i gathered she brought a kid it was her and a kid or something like that yeah like a teenager okay and she was just oh she didn't have anything nice to say the entire time oh she was very very grumpy now the thing is, like, it's bad enough that we already have sit through three commercials. On top of that, we got an abundance of trailers. Part of that's kind of cool, but it's also because only because they're, like, really great trailers. But also, I was like, Jesus, this is taking a while. And then we got a Google Pixel ad. And then, you know... And it was- wasn't even heavily Star Wars themed. It was Stephen Hawking themed. Oh, the Google Pixel ad? Yeah, it no, wasn't yeah. even... You know, the last time we went to go watch a Star Wars movie in the theater, there was a theme to Star Wars. You could, like, insert yourself with the universe. You're just saying it was relevant is all. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And it was not relevant this time. Sure. Yeah, so it got to be over 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And boy, the woman behind me was not happy. This is unbelievable. This is unacceptable. Oh, my gosh. Everything that came on that wasn't Star Wars. Oh, I just can't believe this. Anyway, so it was a rough start, wasn't it? I mean, sure. It was rough. Was it the worst viewing experience? No. It was for that one lady. For the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty empty theater. That's the other thing I was going to get to. It yeah. wasn't packed, was it? No, this no. This is only the second day, just to clarify, uh, because people are listening after the fact. This was only a Friday. It just opened Thursday night. There might have been, what, a dozen people or so in this screening? I didn't really see who all was behind us. In the back section, it, was, it wasn't it was packed, but it was fuller. Oh, okay, okay. You know. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And I think we and this other woman were the only people in that block. In the front section. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we were five rows away from the screen or something like that. Yeah. So that gives a little uh, people a little bit of context for our screening. Uh, it was not a rip-roaring, you know, cheering crowd or anything we like were, that. We were the only people cheering. Yep. One of the only people laughing. Yes, you were. Yes, for sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there was funny shit yeah. happening and no yeah. one was laughing. Yeah. So with that ground laid... Why don't you start sharing with us first your general thoughts of this film and what was good about it? I really recommend this film. 
I thought it tied everything together really nicely and the ending was very good. I love how far the characters have come and how they've developed and how they further develop and how they still, like some of them still might have faults during the final movie as humans do. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the chemistry between everyone. That's always a lot of fun. I like the introduction of new aliens, new characters. I don't think I've ever seen C-3PO so shiny. <laughs> I felt like he was shinier in this in this film. It might have been since the original. I, I did notice, too, he was definitely... He, he was looked polished. very glam. It's like he went to a robot spa. I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, had some therapy, too, because his aura was pretty cool, too. Mm. So... And he I, shone in one, more than one way than this He really too. did. He was really awesome. Yeah. I liked it. I, I loved this film. That's as general as I can get, I guess. Okay. Why don't you go on and then I'll see if I go on some more. Well, we'll have to talk about those character flaws and spoilers, what, what uh, you're referring to specifically. In a bit here, I will say that this is a very good movie. I think that... It might be, of the most recent trilogy, it might be the quote-unquote worst of the three films, but it is definitely, when you're talking about worse in the context of these three movies, you're still talking about a very good movie. I had a great time at this film. I found it to be an emotional experience at times. I thought I found it to be a satisfying experience in many ways. I thought there was a lot of interesting and, and, and good and, and fun stuff. I thought that I'm trying to put myself in the picture of myself before I saw this movie for you listeners who might, for whatever reason, lack of opportunity or what have you, haven't seen the film, uh, which is to not know much or anything about the film. I haven't even watched more than two trailers about the film, so I don't want to talk too specifically I will say it was good to see familiar faces, maybe not so much other familiar faces. I think there's some nice surprises, and it was a very satisfying film that did not greatly disappoint. Shanna, what was the bad, what were like flaws, generally speaking, in the film? What sucked about Rise of Skywalker? What I loved about the previous one, Force Awakens, was the set designs, the cinematography. It just felt very polished and very well thought out. Okay. The other one that J.J. Abrams directed? No. The Last Jedi. I'm sorry. It's okay. I really love The Last Jedi. I mean, I love both of them. I love all of them. But in this one, I felt like the set designs were just a little too dark, a little too grainy. Hmm. I felt like I needed more polished light, lighting things up. I felt like, you know, there's one scene where a lot of epic stuff is happening. But in reality, we didn't need overcast light. We needed some shards of light coming through, making things look more beautiful. Hmm. Interesting. There's a lot of water crashing around in this scene that I'm talking about. Okay. And I just feel like it needed a little extra pop. Hmm. Interesting. See, I think that scene that you're referring to worked thematically in in terms of its coloring and, and lighting. I just, I needed there to be some pop. In, <laughs> in The Last Jedi, there was pop with the, the red set there was pop yeah. with the red planet okay. and it doesn't necessarily have to be red i just i needed something well there's a lot of blue in this movie there is <laughs> but not enough pop okay pop poppity pop 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 oh my god say pop one more time poppity Jeez, louise <laughs> okay anything else i can't think of anything at this time okay uh so for me there is a familiarity to the film that I think is very similar to the familiarity we 
experienced with Force Awakens that I want to get into more in spoilers, but it makes me wonder about J.J. Abrams' talent as a writer. It puts his talent as a writer into question, especially when it follows something so bold and adventurous as The Last Jedi. I don't think this film really matches or or even comes to that level of adventurousness and, and boldness narratively and thematically as The Last Jedi did. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very plot-driven film more than anything else. And I will get into that more in spoilers because I don't want to give any indications about anything that happens to bolster, to, to support my argument right now. But those, those are some of the main things. And then, like, little tiny quibbles. I think there's a couple characters that are created, again, for the cute factor to sell toys. Just because, like, there's one character in particular that pops up in a couple moments, you know, speaks up in a couple moments just for the cute factor. You know, ah, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's a little, it's an, there's an alien character okay. that does that. You know, that's not purposeful to the narrative or the story or character. It's very much like trying to charm people into loving these cute characters. So they'll want to run out and buy merchandise about those cute characters. You know, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but that particularly cute character does not have a toy. That's weird. As far as I know. That's weird. Maybe when we go to Disneyland, we'll see something else. But <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because it, it, it feels very much a little bit more on that side of things. But that's a little quibble, honestly. You know, this movie has a couple bigger problems. Uh, it, it, you know, any movie would be sitting pretty if that was its biggest problem, having cute characters to sell merchandise. I think that's mostly... Oh, there is a big revelation in the film that i i'm of two minds on i have an issue with it on the one hand and then on the other hand i feel like it's pretty well justified through the rest of the story i again spoiler talk for that but uh, i i think ultimately these are the things that weigh it down from uh, as a follow-up to something so extraordinary as The Last Jedi. But still, we have a, a fun, fun film that no way... I mean, we do not have Solo on our hands here. No. There's no way... I mean, this thing is so much more fun and engaging and exciting and thrilling and emotional than any scene, any one scene that you could find in Solo. So I think the good outweighs the bad... Uh, definitely i had a great time with this film i love it and i definitely think that anybody who's a fan of star wars don't have pause go right on ahead unless you're one of the minority who are hater fans you could just stay home regardless but otherwise go out and have fun with this film it's a great one for the holidays for you to take your family to and really, something that I haven't mentioned yet is it's a really great film about family. Mm, yeah. However, which way you look at it. Oh, uh, sure. Sure. Which makes it all the more appropriate to take your family, huh? Okay, so are we ready to go into spoilers, get into the nitty gritty? Yes. Okay, so you got our opinions, general thoughts about Star Wars out. Shanna, oh, by the way, what do you, what do you score this film out of 10? At this stage, after watching it once, I'm probably on an eight, eight and a half. A little uncertain. Okay. I give the film a seven out of ten. Again, we both think the good outweighs the bad. And we recommend it. If you haven't seen the film yet, then stop this podcast. Go check it out and then engage with the rest of this discussion. Because we are about to go into spoilers for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, now.
All right, Shanna. So let's see here. There's a lot to talk about. Let me talk. Let's start. Let's start with big picture scope things and then get into any minutia that we want to talk about scenes, characters, whatever. Does that sound reasonable? I mean, I can try. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's just Shall I start? Yeah, go for it. All right. I appreciate it because there is something that's on my mind that is the most prevalent <laughs> thing okay. that's on my mind about this movie. Uh, and it's one of the biggest issues I have with this movie is this movie is Return of the Jedi for this trilogy. It has very similar beats as what you saw in Return of the Jedi. We end up on a planet near Endor. We end up with a clash with the Emperor at the end uh, between Emperor and the Jedi in training. You know, the next Jedi, hope for the Jedi, right? Where there needs to be a choice that's made. Literally, the word strike me down is uttered. You know, the same words, the same challenge that the Emperor gave Luke Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi is here. You have... Lando Calrissian, you know, he's part of the, the Calvary in, in space in the finale with, uh, with I think, Chewie, maybe. No, I think it was Ninnum in Return of the Jedi, but still, regardless, uh, you have some sort of a thing that needs to be destroyed in the final act that one group of rebellions trying to take out, right, to be able to, um, to be able to, Allow the rest. the rest of the rebellion yeah. to take out the empire, right? There's several beats, especially in the third act, but I think there's a couple other things too that I'm spacing on right now that just feel felt very familiar. Friends are called out for certain behaviors. The two guys that are with that are friends with the girl have a little, you know, issue. You can be specific. This is spoilers. Um, you have a crisis of faith. So, you know, she uh, Ray goes back to... Where does she go to destroy? I don't, I, I don't remember the, the planet's names. Okay. Yes. So she goes to where Luke was hiding. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She destroys the ship. Luke comes, gives her a pep talk, which I feel like was needed. Be, just, you know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> gets the pep talk. We get some history into the family which i don't think we got previously so that's that's good um, when you say history in the family you're well, talking we about we learn why leia didn't continue her de- jedi training why was that because she had a vision where she saw that her jedi training would be the end of her son oh okay i think that's how they worded it okay i couldn't remember and so she said she would stop her training but another would come and pick it up. Okay. And that's why the lightsaber was hidden on that planet with Luke the whole time, and then it was given to Rey. Mm-hmm. I think another, you know, to be more specific, the two guys are arguing about the girl, and not necessarily in a way to, like, date her or be with her. It's just her well-being. Are you re- Oh, okay. And so that's Finn and Poe are arguing about her safety. One is ignorant of what she's going through, i.e. Poe. Okay, yeah. The comparison is like Han Solo. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. I you could because that in your to be specific, you're saying in return, you're making the comparison to Return of the Jedi when Princess Leia learned that Darth Vader is her father, right? Yeah. Okay, versus Rey here is learning that Palpatine is her granddaddy and she's technically already learned it now she's just on her mission uh-huh. so it's it, it's cool in a way because it's a little different ray's taking action mm. she's trying to fix things she's trying yeah. to stay good you as know? she does yeah yeah so there is a, a growing sense of familiarity as the film went on that um, was mildly disappointing for me because again, like, okay, well, JJ Abrams, he already pulled this t- trick out with force awakens in a way, copying the skeleton of a new hope. 
that made sense in that context where we really needed to bring back in a way everything that everybody loved about star wars and and really kind of reinforce this confidence bring back this sense of confidence in the franchise but here at this point it's like okay well you just had a free pass to go and do anything you wanted thanks to the last jedi and everything that ryan johnson did and the best thing you can do is to ape return of the jedi I think you have a good point. I think it was fine to mimic action, mimic beats with the first one that came out. And I think that that was fine for JJ to do there. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Ryan Johnson opened up doors and really made it more exciting, I feel. Mm-hmm. And then JJ just copies something again is 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 a little disappointing. I'm not horribly yeah. upset yeah but it's it's yes it is an issue and it does make me think well can jj i would not dispute jj's ability to create great pop entertainment uh, filmmaking he is there are a, a handful of great films that he has made that just worked so well as a director but when it comes to his writing you know, now I'm like, well, you know, maybe he can't write something completely original. I don't know, you know, and he's made statements that you can research where he said, like, he did have this direction he wanted to go regardless, this idea that he and Kathleen Kennedy wanted to go with the story. And so that suggests to me that he wanted the third one to be uh, kind of a deja vu of Return of the Jedi. He wanted this full circle kind of thing where chapter nine was like chapter six, I guess. And I don't, I don't know. I just that that's one of the main things that bothers me about about the movie. That is a little bit of a letdown. Do you have any other thoughts about that? I think that's fair. It doesn't make it the worst film in the world. No, no, no. Because as you said earlier, some of the things do justify it, even though we don't necessarily want a repeat. The way the story unfolded does justify it in some ways. So making Ray Palpatine's granddaughter, I mean, it makes sense. He went to the dark side. He wasn't a fully committed Jedi. Who was he? Uh, Palpatine. Palpatine wasn't? He wasn't a Jedi, right? No. No. No, he was a senator. But then how does he get his powers? Because he must... Is it just a different breed? Levy, I encourage you to rewatch The Revenge of the Sith. No. Episode 3. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's Darth Sidious, I guess, during the whole trilogy, the prequel trilogy. But, you know, he's part of the whole Sith and Dark side. At any rate, you just kind of glossed over a whole other thing I feel like we need to talk about. Well, let's focus on that and not my lack of knowledge. Okay, fair The reveal that Rey is a descendant of Palpatine. Tell me your thoughts on that. I was fine with it. I know that a lot of Star Wars fans wanted her to be related to someone and i know that a lot of fans didn't want her to be related to anyone i believe that was an opinion you voiced in our review of the last jedi oh well then there we go (laughs) however it's a small world it's a small galaxy as far as they've been written so far you know it's it makes sense that she came from something and that she would pose such a threat from the beginning. And it makes sense that the two grandchildren of two people who were closely working together, Palpatine, Darth Vader, it makes sense that their grandchildren would come and end everything. Okay, so I don't disagree with you when you put it that way. And that's how... In a way, I, I think you kind of tidy it up in a nice little bow more than I did. 
at first when that was revealed, I was a little put off and disappointed because what Ryan Johnson had done in The Last Jedi was say that anybody, essentially, you no matter what your background is, no matter where you came from, you can have this power inside you. You can have this potential of being a part of the Jedi, right? Which tapped into everyone's imaginations when they were a kid because everybody wanted to be a Jedi, right? Everybody was like that kid who grabbed a broom and pretended it was a lightsaber, you know? That, that, that kid at the end of, of The Last Jedi. So for J.J. to be like, nah, 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 nah. We're, we are going to tie it to a character we already know was a little disappointed. Glad that it wasn't Skywalker, the the most predictable thing that everybody who did make a guess say. Glad it wasn't Kenobi, which was the second most guessed character. Oh, that's right, yeah. Right? Uh, did anyone guess Palpatine? I, was that a theory maybe. out there? I don't recall. On your radar. But I mean. a little disappointed at the same time that we're bringing back Palpatine, which is mentioned in the very first, like, moment of the film. You know, <laughs> it was said in the They're going to rip it like a Band-Aid. Well, well, well it's, it's said in the crawl, like, uh, Palpatine's voice is out there. He's trying to make a comeback. And Kylo Ren is hunting him down so he can, uh, you know, keep him from getting in his way, basically. And I was like, so basically Kylo Ren is trying to eliminate this plot element that J.J. Abrams in- integrated <laughs> that maybe he should have just skipped altogether. And, uh, and and that ended up not being an actual storyline in the film. It was like, oh, this is just the setup for the first scene. But I was kind of like, I don't know. Do we really need to bring back Palpatine? Like, let, you know, he, he, do we need to retcon his death? I was really, uh, I don't know. But then I thought about it more the story went on and justified Palpatine's existence in it. And as far as Ray's relation to Palpatine, I thought about it more. And I think what you are saying is true that if you're looking at this as one big Skywalker saga, you can't deviate too far with the new characters to where they're completely unrelated Mm -hmm. to the Skywalker saga as it already exists, right? So tying it back to the to Vader and and the Emperor and all that, the, the Palpatine, you know, who by the way was a huge presence in all episodes one through six, it makes sense, right? It's a way to neaten things up. So I get that from a from a plot perspective. And then there's this other theme that they try to put in there, which is you can be more than your parentage. This is where I feel that strong theme of family comes in. You can make your own family. You can choose your own family. And fate. And fate. And it also tells you what good family looks like. Good family are those that train you, even though they know you're a descendant of Palpatine, you know, <laughs> and, and you're Leia. A uh, good family is being there for each other. I mean, Finn is constantly fighting to be there for Rey and remind her of who she is. And that's a really good example of someone who came from something. He was a stormtrooper, essentially. But he he has, you know, broken away from that, right? And he's yeah. been something else, something that felt felt true to him he talks a lot about a feeling that he has yeah he definitely has a little bit of the force going for him i i really enjoyed that theme Mm -hmm. of family well it's 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 not a broad theme of family it's a little more specific which i think is what really like gives it some credence so i could see why you appreciate that and I, i i do too I just wish it wasn't in this. I think that's the good side of JJ. Okay. He does tend to bring everything back to family eventually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. You're probably right, more or less, thinking through his films. 
MI3, Star Trek, uh, Super 8. Yeah. I don't know about Into the Darkness so much, but yeah. Okay. So well, why don't you bring up something that's very specific that you wanted to talk about? I really loved Ray trying to connect with the thousands of Jedi that Luke had said exist within her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, she's got this powerful, elaborate setup where she's meditating, trying to connect with them. This is the there's, first shot we ever yeah, see Yeah, there's rocks floating in mm-hmm. a beautiful, symbolic, sacred geometric way. And <laughs> she says, you know, she's saying, be with me. And then she's like, they're not going to be with me. Something along those lines and everything yeah. just drops. And it's just, it's so brilliant. And the whole time I'm like, engage with it some more. Engage with it some more. And finally, when she see she's lying there after most of her life force has been taken from her and Palpatine is zapping the rebels. At the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's looking into the sky and she's like, be with me. I really love that moment where we hear this montage of Jedi. I thought we were going to see them and that would have brought me great joy. Oh, can you imagine if they, that, all oh, these force ghosts appeared around her? It, even if it was just like a flash, you know, like just something. That would something have been visual. That would have been a nice extra step that Abrams could have done. That would have been uh, powerful and amazing. You know, you see, uh, you see Qui Gon appear, and Yoda, and and Mace Windu, and mm. all these other ones. That, that would have thrilled seen, me to know. You know, and. Kenobi, and yeah. whatever. You know, and that would have made me just so astoundingly happy. But when she feels that, and Palpatine says, "I have all the Sith," and she's like, "I have all the Jedi, bitch," and she she's does got not this, say "bitch." No, she doesn't. She does but not like, channel full <laughs> Sam Jackson. <laughs> gets that second lightsaber on and you know it's this cross and everything evaporates better than thanos effect you know i really oh, I enjoyed that you're talking about what happens to palpatine yeah and everything around he just her. starts peeling away in some grotesque manner so and it's, so it's technically what i like about it is it's technically not her killing him it's technically his own power his own force being used against him and so from the power of the Jedi, technically, she is fine. She is not on the dark side. Okay, can you explain why that's important? What is it that is? Let's is, look at Darth Vader. What's well? What's the well, risk that's laid out? The by risk Palpatine? is that she will enter the dark side if she does that. And we've seen Kylo Ren do that. Kylo Ren was kind of uncertain until he killed Han, mm-hmm. and then he was certain for a while there. Well, you know, he, you, the thing is, he knew that he knew what we it. know from Darth Vader is you can always come back from the darkness. Okay. So there's that. But what I was trying to get at is the very specific stakes that Palpatine lays out, which is, yeah, I he want will, you to kill me. Yeah. Because if you kill me, I will enter you and you will rule the Sith and, and the Empire. That's that's the very specific thing that keeps us from rooting for Ray to straight up strike him down, right? And so another opportunity presents itself, and she's able to take it. And she's able to use her wit and her oneness with the Force Mm -hmm. to end him. So teasing out that whole sequence again, it was, for me, one unpredictable thing after another because you see that Kylo Ren... Ben Kenobi and Ben Kenobi, Ben Solo. At this point, we'll get to that again. By the way, we've jumped to the head. We've we've ta- we, we're, we're working just, backwards. Yeah, <laughs> we see that he's arrived too to this area that's like where the Emperor has been brooding and the Sith and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm of the th- thought, oh, Pal- Palpatine is going to be so focused on Ray in front of him. That Ben Solo is just going to come up behind him and, and stick him in the back or something, right? And Solo is going to be the one that strikes down Palpatine. No, that's not what happens. And then, you know, what's so brilliant about it is the way it's written, it takes Ben Solo out of the equation so that Ray isn't saved by a man. Ray solves the conflict herself. Right. 
she's the one that takes out Palpatine herself. So there is no like gender dynamics or gender conflicts that that come into play here, right? Yeah. Which is fantastic. Now, do you see anything problematic with what Ben Solo does after Rey essentially sacrifices herself to kill the Emperor? I have no problem with that. The woman inside me was pissed as fucking hell that she died. Because I've been waiting my whole life to see a woman wield a lightsaber. And she did. And be the main character. And she wielded two. And, and died for it. Anyway, I think that Kylo Ren giving his life to her makes complete sense. If we look at when they're fighting in the ocean, Death Star, the Death Star resting wreckage. space, mm-hmm. yep. you, you know, when Leia dies and she and, and Rey stabs him and they both, the two of them both feel that loss of Leia and Rey fixes him she heals his wound because it's quite possible he could have died yeah well like most people of, would because she stabbed him with a lightsaber well she stabbed him but she also he's also feeling the loss of his mother so those two things combined mm-hmm. probably would have been enough to end his life is what I'm saying okay because he has been stabbed several times before and cut and all that well, okay. remember when they're fighting in the snow Okay. All right. This one felt like a more significant death uh, death blow, but okay. Yeah. So I feel like that's the change in him, those two things. And so it made se- I think he was done, and he just wanted her to be okay. Because this whole time, he hasn't necessarily been obsessed with her, but I think he realizes their special connection, that they're didics, I think is what they called them. Yeah. Can you say that word again? No. <laughs> I I didn't Deirdrix De- I don't know it's something that allows like they have a very very strong connection okay and that's why Palpatine wants them too so mm. but I, f- I have no problem with what happens to Ben Solo but do you have and a I- problem with him saving her no okay I was curious about that from a female perspective because uh, if one thing could have been an issue, does that mean that the thing that did happen is an issue? I don't see it that way because she has always been the one trying to save him. Mm. She always has. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about that other scene uh, because I feel like that was another significant scene. That you uh, were discussing, which is when Ray goes to the wreckage of the Death Star to try to get this MacGuffin item, which allows her to find the Emperor. Uh, somehow, Kylo Ren catches up to her, and he destroys the MacGuffin. They engage in a fight. He all along wants her to join him. He he knows he's learned of her parentage, her lineage. And he feels like it's her fate, it's it's her destiny uh, to join him, right? And, of course, she's resisting that. The thing is, what's so special and interesting about, about that moment, first of all, this is how Carrie Fisher, who's in this movie a lot more than I expected, by the way, mm. Princess Leia gets word somehow of Rey's lineage and she recognizes the only way that she can help is to reach out herself. The thing that she hasn't done the entire trilogy, if I remember correctly. I'm going to stop you there. What? Because she knew. She knew and she continued training. Right. She knew. Okay, but she hasn't reached out to, to Kylo Ren the entire time oh, yet. Okay. So she does this herself, for uh, which distracts him enough. The timing is such that it distracts him enough in this really intense fight that is actually he is becoming the victor of by the way yeah and i was afraid uh he was actually going to cut off her hand for a second there i thought jj abrams was going to go so far as to mirror another scene in return of the jedi where luke skywalker strikes down vader's hand you know he almost does but 
Leia force projects herself essentially as much as she can to him, distracts him, allowing Ray to give him the killing blow. But what's more crucial about this scene is the look on Ray's face, not just because she realizes that Princess Leia, Princess Leia passed while doing this, but also because she doesn't necessarily want to kill Kylo Ren. She admits at some point that she was going to reach for his hand in The Last Jedi because she was reaching for Ben Solo's hand. She wanted him to join her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As Ben Solo. And so she still sees Ben Solo in there. And the look on her face, Daisy Ridley plays this really well. She's like, I look what I've, oh my God, what have I done to my friend here? She's really upset about about him potentially dying. And so she heals him. Which is one great thing about Ray, by the way. In this film, she becomes a healer. I, I really enjoyed that. Which is really interesting. And maybe there's some bigger thematic implications about that. I don't know. Uh, smarter people than me can probably, uh, you know, tease that out. But I, I thought that was such a well-played moment in, in, in this scene. In what is otherwise just a really great like thrilling lightsaber battle, right? So yeah, I, I thought that that was really great. And the question to you is, was that, were you satisfied with Leia's death? I mean, I would have liked it if she, if she just hung around the whole time. Obviously, that's not how stories go. I, I guess I was in that, I guess we all want our mom, right? And so her sacrificing herself to really get him to be his best self again, I guess was fine. You know what? Okay. I'm, I'm a little not okay with it. I'm a little not okay with it. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say, you're not very convincing. No, here, I'm but not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. still processing my feelings. But okay. so, no, I'm not really okay with it because I feel like it just, it's, it's just that, oh, we as mothers give, give everything to our children and we're expected to. And yes, Han Solo died. Two, yeah. trying to bring his son back. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I'm not fully supportive of it. Okay, fair enough. All right. I knew that she was going to die in the film. So I, you know, I, I was actually more surprised than anything that she was in the film as long as she was. And I'm kind of curious how that happened. But... I loved the little scene where we see uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. She runs to General Leia, uh-huh. and it's the same hairstyle. And I just, I just thought that that was really uh, sweet. Yeah. So we have that scene where Princess Leia dies. Solo, uh, ben Solo almost dies. He gets healed. Ray pieces out. And she, I, we don't know it at the moment. I don't think I didn't. She's actually going to self-exile. But right after that, you know, just when Kylo Ren's like, well, shit, what am I going to do? I don't have a ship. (laughs) We hear a voice. And he turns around and it's Han Solo. That one-two punch of Leia dying and Solo appearing really got me. I I, I teared up with that. Because I didn't know he was going to be in the movie. And that surprised yeah. the hell out of me. And for uh, for Han Solo to be a forest ghost, essentially, he doesn't have that glow to him like you normally see. But he uh, must be, right? I think it's different because it's... I think it's when a Jedi kills someone, that person stays with you. That was referenced last movie. Okay. I, th- I believe. And fascinating. And so I think that's why he looks different. It's not necessarily that he's... He's not there because of being part of the Force. Okay. All right. Well, at any rate, at any rate that whole scene worked for me. And we had, again, J.J. Abrams, we had the mirroring of, what, of that scene in Force Awakens where, again, Kylo Ren says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. So when that was happening, I thought that we were getting insight into his haunted hell where 
oh, he just has to keep repeating himself. Oh, wow. And like that we were seconds away from him re-stabbing Han. Oh, Even wow. though Han was just a spirit, you know? Yeah. So I thought that that was what was meant, you know, because they say that the dead stay with you. Mm, I, was a little, I was wondering, like, what, is he going to kill himself here? What's, what's going on? Uh, and he actually throws that lightsaber away and effectively in that moment rejecting the dark side and embracing the ben solo yeah right yeah and that's when he goes to to help out ray so uh, that all worked very well for me that was all very effective uh, a couple of other things oh yeah and then when they fight cuz he gets to her she realizes ben is there <gasps> Yes. And she sends Because they have him. this thing where they're able to see each other in different environments. And right? give each other things. Like somehow tangible objects are able to pass through that force connection, which they planted that seed very well uh, to for that payoff in mm-hmm. the end, mm-hmm. which is one of the most cathartic, awesome payoffs. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they just give this... He, she gives him a look or they nod or at each other or something like that. And all of a sudden... She looks like she's going to strike down Palpatine with the saber and she raises it up and the way she's framed, the hand goes behind her head and she pulls back her hand and and it's empty. And then we see Ben Solo pull out the lightsaber. It's like, oh my God, that's awesome. So like for for a a while there, I thought maybe they were twins, which was my theory from the beginning. Right, Right. Was that they were twins and they got separated as a way to... Sure. Hope for the best. <laughs> Jedi parent, like Jedi parents, are the worst. <laughs> that's why they're not supposed to be parents. Yeah. Anyway, so that scene really was awesome and worked for me. Uh, a couple other things I want to note. First of all, Lando Calrissian is not in this movie nearly as much as I thought and hoped he would be. I uh, thought it was uh, a good balance. Really? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a little disappointing because uh, we get effectively three scenes, if I'm counting correctly with him his most significant scene i think is in the end when not the end end but in the climax when he brings the calvary and saves the day somehow i don't know how he did that but that was pretty cool you know uh in the millennium falcon well he was there to remind the three puff and ray that it takes many there are many of us yeah and so it was good that he was the one that brought the cavalry. That was wholly satisfying. I just wish he had more screen time. It was a little more significant aspect of the plot overall, of the story. Part of the rebellion. Chewbacca broke my heart. Oh my god, I thought he was dead. And then I started crying. You're talking about... And then he found out that... Okay, okay, okay. One step <laughs> at a time here. All right. You're, the first thing you're talking about is yeah. when he's taken by the new order he's in a transport which by the way we have this magnificent scene where ray force grabs this transport ship and starts to pull it down and then kylo appears and he grabs it trying to push it away i guess and they're in this this (laughs) thing and then and, and then ray all of a sudden force lightnings the ship which is like holy shit that's amazing blows it up she thinks everybody in it dies Right, reasonably, you know, but it turns out that Chewie was actually somehow he survived that and he is still captured by the New Order. That moment affected you. Yeah, because I really thought because she screamed for Chewie. Yes. So I assumed that she knew he was dead. That she felt his death. Yeah, Mm. that she felt his death. And so I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) <laughs> no no <laughs> that's, nope. that's not how he yeah yeah he can't die that Chewie's way. not allowed to die everyone else is gonna die Chewie's not allowed to die i was under the assumption that Chewie's, you know live like triple the lifespan of Wookies. humans well, yeah he's, Wookies. Did say he's like a couple hundred years old well that's why i was like no he's not allowed to die i before that scene even happened i had this feeling like is are we going to see Chewbacca's death in this movie? Huh. No. Something even more heartbreaking happens. <laughs> Princess Leia dies. Once he hears the news, he breaks down and, like, he cries out and he's on his knees. And in that moment, you realize 
all of his friends are dead. Yeah, all his friends are From dead. the original trilogy. Yeah. He just has, you could say, he just has the droids left. And Lando to some extent, but at this point... Not at that point, no. At this point, Lando wasn't around. And that is the one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the entire movie when you realize that Han, Leia, and Luke are all dead. And it's just him now. I forgot about Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, that really got to me. Yeah. You know, that was a really heartbreaking moment. And that was probably the third punch in that sequence of Leia, Han, and then that, you know. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm, yeah. It I'm took glad. me a while to stop crying <laughs> from that one. Yeah. And I also got choked up when Ray had the two lightsabers because I just thought it was such an empowering moment. Oh, sure. It was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, C-3PO, I thought he was going to die in this mm-hmm. episode. The trailers made you think that was the case. Uh, and that alone made me choke up thinking about this moment that's in the trailer where he says, I'm looking at my friends for the last time. Oh, I <laughs> cried. I cried there, too. <laughs> I was um, like, that's so sad. They're in, such shitheads to you. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to look at my friends one more time. <laughs> in the context of the movie, that's not really what the situation is. Yeah. I mean, technically... It is because we because we're led to believe that his memory is not backed up, which is fascinating. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they do kind of toss that out there as a possibility, but yeah, uh, it's it's that yeah, it was kind of a red herring or head fake or whatever, or whatever. But in the trailer, it's a lot more poignant than in context. I feel like it didn't land nearly as poignant and final in context of the film, as it does in the trailer. I also thought C-3PO was going to spill about everything. Like if he got allowed to translate the Sith language, that he would say that his maker was Anakin. Oh, okay. And that was going to blow my mind. But, I mean, there was no one around to appreciate it, right? I mean, Ray would have appreciated it, but it would to be some like, extent. Oh, well. That's good to know, C-3PO. Thank you for sharing. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we don't need to acknowledge much that came from the prequels. Did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss, get off your sh- chest? Anything you loved? Anything you had a, a reaction to? Anything, any favorite parts, favorite characters? Anything whatsoever that you feel like we haven't touched on yet? So, you know, you talk about, oh, they're making these cute creatures for merchandise purposes. Uh-huh. The, but specifically, by the way, now that we're as well, there's a little tiny robot that's introduced, voiced by J.J. Abrams, by the way. Oh, dear. And then there's a little tiny critter that can work on droids. Um, I had no problem with Dio, and quite uh, quite frankly, I kind of felt sad for him <laughs> with his, no, 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 thank you, uh, kind yeah, of they, uh, thing. They don't get into detail, but they suggest that his previous owner was quite abusive uh, to him. And it was good that the other characters let him be. And mm. that's always good to show. Yeah, you know? I think it was a matter of yeah. earning his trust. Let him yeah. know you're safe here and then just kind of earning his trust. Yeah. I, I agree. I didn't have as much of a problem with D.O., even though he does not technically have much purpose in the story. He's I don't got maps think. and things. He's got the map that goes oh. to the... Okay, the they, they tried planet. justifying that. Yeah. yeah, that way. Which made sense to me when you get the whole story. Yeah, I mean, each of, yeah. But the other one, I was like, okay, this, this character's fine. But then there's a couple extra moments that I feel like that, that other character gets that was only existed to charm the pants off the audience and, and make you want to get little little toys around this character you know? i liked how the pogs like how he pops up in uh, who's 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 he flying with in the end like the he's, person with the helmet yeah yeah the, carrie the russell's character carrie russell yeah yeah he's just like hello i'm here <laughs> you know it's like well that's a little unnecessary <laughs> you know you remember what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about yeah. i'm just like processing if it really was unnecessary or not yeah. um you know he doesn't strike me as a very happy-go-lucky creature from the get-go he does his job he's on a planet that's pretty shitty yeah you know the reason i'm bringing this up is there's this one scene where they get onto that that desert planet to get to the ship where ray's parents were murdered essentially 
and we see this pan this camera pan like they were fuzzy creatures but we just see them for a split second and I really like that it was like a hey there's other creatures that exist and we're not going to hop on them for too long but there they go I didn't even notice that that's interesting well I I like that I thought it was much better to have some more subtle art creature introductions you don't have to have a creature every movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, I am forgetting one thing I don't know. Well, first of all, before I go back to that, again, do you have anything else that you wanted to bring up? I was hoping that Rose would have more screen uh, time. Rose, yeah. She she really didn't. We didn't go back and forth between her. I, I know who our main three are, plus mm-hmm. Ren. It kind of felt like Abrams really didn't know what to do with what Ryan Johnson set up with that character. I think that's a good point. You know? Yeah. That that things were set up so well with her and Finn. And he's like, I don't really know what to do with that. So I'm going to separate So them. I'm going to create a whole new character for Finn to mac on. <laughs> you know? Jesus. Okay. You know? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. However, I did like that he got to... Con- I, I like that we were introduced to more stormtroopers rebelling. Yes. And that was really nice. I and agree. I like the creatures, the warthog-faced horses that mm-hmm. they were riding. Yep. That was fun. Yeah, absolutely. With silky hair. So there was one last thing I forgot about. I'm curious how it landed for you. General Hux. After all this time... <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> We well let me let me explain. Okay. General Hux turns out to be a spy for the rebellion, if I understand correctly. After all I this time, I think he's recently turned. I don't think it's the whole time. Okay. Okay. All right. That would be that would make a little more sense because there's times in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi where his face is so gaunt and so consumed by the dark side that there's no way i would believe that all this time he's actually been a spy for the rebellion i think all his plans got fucked up Uh and by the second movie kylo ren is in charge and he's really pissed about that we can all see that and i think it makes sense that he would turn spy at that you know in the third movie yeah, I was curious how that landed for for you. I, it landed just fine. I thought it was hilarious because it's like the, the, the two brothers that don't get along, right? Yeah. It's like, my brother's getting all the attention now. I'm going to sabotage him kind of story plot. And so I thought it, I thought it was hilarious. And how about his death? So I kind of like freaked out a little bit because it was so shocking. But it makes sense. After all this time, that was pretty satisfying for you? I felt, oh, shame. Poor guy. But at the same time, he was still being evil because he was like, you know, doing evil things against Kylo Ren. Kind kind of. We didn't see so much of that in this movie, I don't think. I guess it makes sense. You know, he was talk, talk, talking. (laughs) And then he got shot to shut him up. So it makes sense. Well, what it was was he was saying his cover story. Yeah. Explain his cover story to Richard E. Grant's admiral, I think he was. Uh, yeah. And, of course, Richard E. Grant didn't buy it for a second and immediately shot him. It makes sense what happened to him. It's it's not a, oh, that's satisfying or not. Yeah. I think the Finn shooting him in the leg was more satisfying than his death. All right, fair enough. Okay, cool. Was there any last thoughts you had about... Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I like the music. At one point, they were taking Ray's theme Mm -hmm. and kind of threading it with Kylo Ren's theme. And there was something else happening, too. There were like three parts to it, and that was really lovely. Oh, fascinating. I'll have to listen to that sometime. Yeah, I'd I'd like to listen to the soundtrack. Mm. Well, John Williams, he's a guy who knows a thing or two. He's a thing we can rely on. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that is our thoughts. That Those are our thoughts about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Feel free to email us with your thoughts. Do you agree or disagree with our takes? Are you Were you satisfied with the film? Were you dissatisfied with the film? Yes? Well, I just realized that we didn't talk about the title. Go ahead. The title makes absolute sense in the end because she decides to take 
the Skywalker name. That's right. And it's kind of like Leia and Luke are giving her their blessing for taking the name. Because they appear as yeah. voice ghosts. I mean, force ghosts. Uh, and <laughs> what, is she going to become a moisture farmer now? No, I, don't, I think she was leaving. Oh, I thought she was going to stay there. I don't... I didn't... No. Eh. I don't know. Well, what do you think? Email us at the Gibson <laughs> Review at gmail.com. Shanna, share with everyone, once again, where they can find you online. You can find me at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography on Instagram. See you there. Go to thegibsonreview.com for all things Gibson Review, including the movie lovers episodes, past articles and reviews, best of the 2010 series, which will be wrapping up in January, as well as coming soon, the best and worst of 2019 article. Keep an eye out for that. Go follow me on Instagram, the Gibson 99. You will find movie related content there, as well as polls on Instagram, where you can vote for your favorite or or best movies on particular themes and Facebook slash the Gibson review, different content there links to the Gibson review, third party links of movie news related stuff. Go to flick chart, the Gibson 99, follow me there in my 3,400 movies. I've seen that are all theatrically released next time on the movie lovers so this is a bonus episode make sure you check out episode 71 which is our 2019 roundup episode that will be published on tuesday christmas eve so happy holidays and and merry christmas to you there there's your little gift this bonus episode and episode 71 beyond that you will find Our next episode, episode 72 of The Movie Lovers, will be our best of 2019 episode. Look for that on the 7th of January. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye and Merry Christmas.